This episode of the podcast is brought to you by charlottesweb.com. Ladies and gentlemen, if you love CBD just as much as I do, I need it. You need it. We all need it. If everybody had CBD in our life, we wouldn't be so fucking at each other's throats all the time. I said a couple of uh, podcast episodes ago about cbdmedic.com kind of going the way of the wayside. Well, they didn't. They merged. We all went to a bigger and much, much more well-known company called Charlotte's Web. And that's something that needs to happen more in business and life in general is everyone needs to kind of get together and make something bigger, something bigger than yourself. And that's what CBD Medic did with Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's Web is one of the most well-known names in podcasting. People talk about this all the time. People talk about this all the time in the CBD world. They are entrepreneurs, pioneers in the game. These guys are huge business. And I'll tell you what, they are not so big that they forgot about the little man because they gave us a code to give to you guys. V-O-N-1-0. This will get you any fucking order over $150. You will get the coolest product I've ever heard of with CBD. This is an a, a active sports stick. So anytime you spend $150 or more, use the code VOM10, you get a free active sports stick, which is phenomenal. You can use this thing on any part of your body. If you're an active person, you go out there and you just do anything physical. You take the sports stick, you rub it on your part of your body. There's also a spray version. Spray it on that injured, affected part of your body. Within minutes, you will feel great. This thing will alleviate any pain. It, will, it is phenomenal. And if that's not your thing, you're spending 150 bucks to get this free sports stick. Why not get a free sports stick? Spend the 150 bucks. Take advantage of all their products. They have uh, all sorts of shit: rubs, lotions, tinctures, tunctures, all sorts of things that you probably can't even pronounce. So many cool different products, different topics. Everything tastes great. Charlotte's Web has a 100% money back guarantee on products you may or may not like. But you will get to keep the free active sports stick, but you have to use the code VOM10 at checkout. Spend 150 bucks or more. If you don't like the product, simply send it back and keep the free sports stick. But you won't send it back because you're going to be so fucking on cloud nine, you won't even be able to make it to the mailbox to send it back because you're going to feel so good and relaxed for the first time in your life by using charlottesweb.com, using the code VOM10 products that you will not know what to do with yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, take it from the nerd. I would never, ever steer you wrong until I do. But this is not one of those cases. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Podbean.com. Yes, Podbean.com. Have you ever wanted to get your voice heard by millions upon millions of people around the globe? Are you too dumb to start up your own website professionally? Are you too dumb to start up your own podcast? Are you so dumb that you don't know? <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you me? Because that's basically me describing myself. You know, when we got into this podcasting game about two years ago, um, it was very hard to find a good platform out there, someone that gave us the voice and the opportunity and the tools to make our dreams and vision become a reality. Well, let me tell you something. Podbean.com made it simple, easy, and effective, cost-effective, very cheap to sit there and get your voice out there. And I know the time all that is you get what you pay for, but in this case, you get 10 times more than what you pay. I mean, these guys are getting, like, we're robbing them, basically. And I'm going to tell you something, man. You better jump in on this deal now because right now everyone's at home. Everyone's got a lot to say, a lot of things in their mind. Podcasts are popping up all over the place, and there's no better place than Podbean.com to start your own podcast. They make everything easy. Even a dumbass like myself was able to make a website, can produce a podcast, can put things out there, and just have all sorts of different outlets. And they make it simple for you to get on, you know, Apple and all the big shots like Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, all these other big name places that you can get your podcast seen and heard, they do it for you. And they make you <laughs> just basically walk through baby steps through this process. I mean, they make it so simple and easy. And to sweeten the deal, 
if you go to www.podbean.com slash vompodcast10. That's vompodcast10 using our code. They're going to give you five free hours of podcasting space to see if you like it, which you will. And if you don't, no harm to you. There's no risk. Tons of reward just to try it out. So give it a shot. www.podbean.com slash vompodcast10 and get your voice heard. And lastly, this podcast is brought to you by <laughs> my good friends here. I tell you what, man, I fucking love these guys, and I'm so glad they're back. I never had so much fun recording a podcast commercial for my friends at manscaped.com. I'm so happy they're back, ladies and gentlemen, because I missed them. I mean, it's been a while since I talked about them, since I was allowed to talk about these guys, and holy shit, my balls have never been happier. I, I, I was crying in the shower the other day, and I was using this cheap-ass shaver. I'm not even going to use the name. I bought it at Walmart for fucking 30 bucks, and I'm shaving my nuts, and all of a sudden, I just howled in pain, and I cried for the first time in my adult life. Well, for the first time this month, actually. But anyway, that's neither here nor there, and blood was trickling all at the bottom, just little droplets, and I said, I said, screw it, and I stopped, and I was half-shaved, and I was walking around with a half-row of my balls. Horrible, horrible experience. So I did what I could do, and I picked up the phone, I called Manscaped, and I said, please come back. Please sponsor the show. And they were like, all right, fine. Here you go, nerd. Here's a nice new product for you. Here is the Lawnmower 3.0. This thing is amazing, just the design. The engineering on this thing is beautiful. I mean, the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer is designed with a compact shape for easy maneuvering while wet or dry. This thing's waterproof, more waterproof than your stupid iPhone 20 or whatever the hell they're at now. It's just amazing. It's got the skin-safe technology. That's the perfect tool for an incredible grooming experience. It's very sleek. I mean, it, you can travel with it, and it's also wireless. So you can charge it, and you pick it up. You can bring it in there with you. So you don't have to worry about you know, accidentally electrocuting yourself in the goddamn shower. But they also got other products, too, like the Weed Whacker, which I need because as an old man who's starting to get gray hairs now, my nose hairs are really long, and the weed whacker, you just jam this thing in there like Arnold Schwarzenegger from Total Recall, and just move it around in your fucking nose, and instead of pulling out that little ball that he had that was tracking him with, with, with whoever else chasing him, it's going to pull out those nasty nose hairs. It's like going in a backyard and ripping out weeds, but it's painless. You don't feel any pain at all. You don't get those nasty scents of batteries that you get from all those cheap-ass ones. This one's amazing. The skin-safe technology as well, something I cannot brag enough about with these guys. You do not hurt yourself. You don't have droplets of blood. You don't hurt yourself at all. It's amazing. You can go as hard as you want. You, you just pull it, you just pull that sack back and you just fucking go to town on yourself. Before you know it, you're going to be smooth. Smooth as my head. My, my bald head. I love this thing. You could use it on your fucking head. You could use it on your armpits, your mustache, your, every place on your body. You can use this thing. And I'm telling you what, the ladies are going to love you for it because you're going to be as smooth as a baby's butt. It's amazing. The battery life is phenomenal. They got a 600 mAh lithium ion battery. Hold the charger up to 90 minutes. You can shave your whole body five times in 90 minutes, even more, depending on how tall or you know, short you are. It's such a phenomenal. They send you all sorts of stuff, and there's a lot of different things that you can get as well. There's a crop reviver. keeps your balls cool. The crop preserver keeps them nice and shave-free. And the cleanser, it romances your stones. It's basically a hair and body wash. It makes you feel really good. But ball deodorant, whoever thought of ball deodorant? Only these guys. I'm serious. They are the best company out there. Very innovative, and we're happy to have them back. There's so many different things. Here's some testimonials for you. 85% of women think bad grooming is a major turnoff. 80% of women think men should trim below the belt. Those other 20 women are dirty fucking skeezers. 
89% of men think grooming is essential to their professional success. So thank you, men. We're actually moving up in the rank. There's 11 dirty bastards out there, 11% of dirty bastards, but we'll get to them. And if you get this right now, there's an exclusive offer. You get free boxers and a travel bag, so you can put all these tools in there. And $109.99, you get every single product, and you get a money-back guarantee. And the cool thing about that $109.99 plan is it's every three months. So you get fresh products. You're always fresh and trim. Your ladies are going to be all over. You're going to have to beat them off with a stick, all right? You're going to look phenomenal. You're going to smell phenomenal. And the best thing is you're just going to get some free gifts like that fucking Manscaped Boxers. I mean, it's going to keep your dick all where it's supposed to be. And that bag is amazing. It's really sleek. It's a leather bag. It's going to keep all your stuff protected. So get on this right now, manscaped.com, and use our code vom one zero, vom one zero at manscaped.com and please do it and you'll save tons of money you're going to save $80 off the retail price so normally it'd be $169.99 for the perfect package 3.0 you're going to get it for $89 you're going to go for the the best package the $109.99 normally that's $197 so that you're going to save even more money the more packages that you get to protect your package why wouldn't you do this ladies and gentlemen Go to manscaped.com, B-O-M-1-0. Hey, what's going on again, everybody? It's another episode of the Voices of Misery podcast, and I'm very excited because this show got a hell of a lot better looking. We have a great guest on today. She is a seven-time, seven-time Playboy girl. Uh, she is an actress, and she is a beautiful model. Her name is Jasmine Shoja. Jasmine, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. I hope I didn't butcher your last name. Is, is that the correct way to say it, Shojai? Uh, show, yeah, Shoja is correct. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. See, I didn't embarrass myself, and normally I do it within the first 60 seconds of every episode I do, so I'm glad I, I haven't done it yet. How are things going where you are right now? I mean, right now we're going through this whole pandemic. How are things going where you are? Honestly, I think it's really starting to pick up. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes because, you know, I was, I've been saying this all year to my friends and family, and and they also agree, you know, sometimes the news is a little bit, um, I don't know, it's it's a bit hard to kind of understand what's going on sometimes, especially with, with what you see on television, at least to understand it perfectly. But um, from what I know, at least, you know, with the um, government sites that give out the information or the correct information, I should say, um, in greater detail, um, we're heading on the right track um, here where I am, and things seem to be going better rather than worse. <laughs> That's <laughs> well. The thing is, like, you're an aspiring actress, and, and you're a model. So, like, I kind of want to get into the whole COVID thing right now because being an aspiring actress, you know, everything is kind of shut down. How has mm -hmm. this affected your career personally? Like, your your modeling and, and your acting. How has that affected you? Well, modeling at the very beginning, there had to be some adjustments. But, you know, 
and this was something that I kind of knew anyway, when it came to the shutdown itself, even at the beginning, photography itself um, was a gray area. And of course, when you think about it, um, you know, at least based on what we're told, you know, we're told to practice your social distancing and so on to prevent, you know, the spread. So, um, something that I did at the very beginning was invest my time, I should say, because it didn't cost anything to do um, a COVID infection control um, course online. So this was provided again by um, the health department, the official health department in Australia. And basically what they, yeah, so they made that for free for you know, mostly health professionals, but anyone could go on and do it. So I did it. I passed with flying colors. They gave me or they emailed you like some sort of little recognition or acknowledgement certificate. And anyway, so most of it seemed very straightforward, admittedly. And anyway, I had my first booking all the way back in May. And it was my first booking, obviously, since the, the shutdown. Um, which happened for us sometime in March. And the person I was working with um, was like, you know, they didn't really understand what people were so scared about. I mean, yes, you know, if you have 10, 20 people on set, that's that's one thing. But it was just uh, three people on set, including myself. So, yeah, total three. And he said, the thing is, when you think about it, you can't, you know, you can't really spread COVID by shooting a camera and I kind of laughed about it and I said well yeah you make a point so it was really funny because it, I mean based on what I learned and even just based on that statement it made perfect sense and everybody did keep their distance on the photo shoot set so there were no issues and then from there I was doing you know more bookings more paid work photo shoots and so on and things were done you know, it was almost as if COVID didn't exist while I was on set. I mean, yes, you were cautious, but you weren't prevented from doing your work. So from the modeling side of things, things really started to pick up. And then I've started using a subscription site online, you know, to help with income. And that really helped so much because people have more time now being at home to do other things on the internet. So I, I have a lot of fans that would go online and they would do, um, yeah, be part of my subscription site. And that was really good. So from there, um, from that perspective, it was really almost well done in a sense. Um, from For acting, um, I'm at drama school now, um, or I have been for a little while, and um, I've been lucky that we've been able to return to physical classes. Um, but, yeah, for... From what I understand, I think the gigs with acting, um, maybe even the big ones, but the small ones for sure, they started picking up or starting in the last two months. So I think, yeah, I think acting was that little bit more slower than modelling. But it's really funny because, as I explained to you before, from the lockdown point of view, photography was this grey area that wasn't actually banned. Um, so, and again, going back to the example, the photographer told me about that you can't, you know, spread anything through a camera. It, I guess it's depending where you are in the world, there are different rules. So I don't want to say that 
in Europe or in the United States, it's the same. But in Australia, um, it was a little bit more different. But they had a really good planned lockdown. And I guess um, I guess it wasn't so confusing here um, because I was hearing different rumors about different countries, how they were handling things. And apparently, based on what people told me, it was more... Um, more confusing for people um, abroad, depending where you were. So I think here they really did a good job at least trying to explain what you can and cannot do. So I guess, yeah, long story short, there was a lot of work that still was able to be done. And um, I will mention this. Um, so I have posted Playboy now 10 times and most recently um, was my Playboy cover that just got out a few days ago. So I'm very proud about that. Oh boy, another one, huh? Congratulations. Now, th- that must be some sort of a record, right? How many times you've been in the magazine? Yeah, well, it's in different editions or different cu- countries, but this would be my f- uh, 10th appearance um, in the brand and my third cover um, in Playboy in total. Oh, my God. So let me ask you this, because this is something that I've always been intrigued by. And it's easy to pick up a magazine and look at the people that are in the magazine, like look at their pictures and whatnot. I've always wanted to kind of get in the head of the person who's in the pictures themselves. What is it like being on set and how do you get comfortable with yourself being naked in front of all these people and knowing that you're going to be looked at by, you know, potentially millions of people that are picking up this magazine and seeing it online? For me, it's always been an empowerment thing. But don't get me wrong, if you're on set, not I wouldn't say this for Playboy, but in general, and the people you're working with are not, I don't know, professional to work with, then that's one yeah. thing. But for the most part, from all of my experiences, and obviously most particularly Playboy, I've never really had that sort of um, issue I've been very comfortable on set. The people I've been working with um, have been wonderful to work with. And it's just been always an amazing experience. It's it's always been fun and I've always felt empowered and, and sexy on set. So I have to say, you know, for the first 10 minutes um, of doing a nude shoot, yeah, you can be nervous naturally. But after that, like, you just have a lot of fun. Sure. Now, what was it like that very first time uh, that you posed for Playboy? I'm sure. I mean, I mean, it's a very iconic magazine. It's been around forever. Uh, the first time you were asked to pose or the first time you were approved or whatever that process is like, what was that moment like for you when you're like, I made it, I'm in Playboy? <laughs> like, how was that for you? It's such a big magazine. Um. I remember just feeling nervous. Like, I, I have to say my first official... I, I don't want to say official, actually. I, I want to say my first major Playboy photo shoot um, was actually nude. Um, prior to that, I was actually doing, um, like, just lingerie features. So that was also my very first cover with Playboy. And, yeah, we had a lot of people on set, actually. This was in Toronto in Canada. And um, I was working with a very talented team and um, it was really, it was a bit funny because like I said, I actually had never been overseas before and this is this was my first time visiting Toronto in general. So it was, um, 
it was very interesting. Um, and yeah, for the first 10, 15 minutes, I think naturally I was nervous, but then I felt really empowered afterwards. And like I said, we had a lot of people on set. We had, um, naked news that I had their, um, <laughs> their crew was there and they were doing a behind the lens segment at the same time. And, um, I, you know, and the photographer was there, Anthony Randall, um, my manager was there. Um, and so there was a few people literally on set, but it was a really, really cool experience. Like I look back and it's just so memorable. Um, I have to say that sometimes, you know, life moves really fast. And that's something I learned this year with, with, you know, with everything that happens, sometimes we don't really acknowledge or appreciate these experiences enough but um this year particularly gave me the time to think back and actually appreciate everything that I've done and realized how how special it was um but I'm sure I knew that at the time I guess things just went really fast and even with this recent um cover achievement you know I'm gonna look back and think wow um this was amazing but I have to say um, funny enough, again, you know, this is this year has been a learning curve for me, and it also has been a very strange experience as such. I mean, it sounds negative, but I, I say strange because it's definitely been very different this year. But again, you know, this I, I really this recent cover, for example, I guess I looked at it a bit differently, and I. I really appreciated all the hard work this time that I put in. Um, but I think, again, it, it it depends. For some people, this year has taught them differently. But for me, it's taught me many things. Um, but most importantly, appreciating every single bit of work I did, whether great or small. So I think it's, that's a positive thing to learn, though. Oh, absolutely. And everything you said makes sense, too, especially about, you know, the this past year has just been brutal and time does move fast. So you got to get it in while you can. But you did mention something I, I kind of wanted to touch on here. You mentioned about having an, an online subscription site and what the year that we're in right now, it seems like those sites have exploded. I mean, a lot of people are out of work. They're trying to find ways to make money and, and like sites like OnlyFans and all the other outlets out there are exploding. So how do you stand out? in a sea of like beautiful women that are putting these sites out there. How do, how do you stand out and, and kind of put your own little name out there and make money in this one? It seems like everyone's doing it now. Content and persistence is really the key. At least I found that. So I was putting my best content out there, promoting the the link to my OnlyFans, telling people what they can expect to see without obviously revealing it. Um, you know, making sure that the content on OnlyFans was exclusive to that platform so that people wouldn't really see it elsewhere. And I, I also put out special perks. Um, so I said, if you're an OnlyFans subscriber, you'll get to see obviously exclusive content, you'll get discounts on any of my merchandise. And some people really like that. Um, on top of that though, I, I found that my general, um, work on social media like what I was doing was promoting myself as a whole brand anyway and I think you know I had a few people say wow you're really doing great out there like you know you're doing amazing and I was learning a lot about marketing this year as well so I was 
really getting the hang of how to represent my brand and promote it in the best way. So those things helped me. And then, you know, I won't lie, like a lot of my subscribers are people who are generally interested in wanting to see me and what I have to offer. And for me, not only is that a true honor, but for me that shows, well, there's there's loyal fans out there that like what I'm doing and that's what, what they're there for. They're there to see me. And um, that's a really good sign when you've reached that point. And that's not to say that people will be a subscriber forever, but when they are there and they're there for that reason, it's a good sign that, you know, you as a brand are going in the right direction or that you've done something right. So I found that very interesting as well. Now, when you're making money based off of your looks, and basically I would say 99% of what you do is based off of your appearance. I mean, you're you're a model, you're an actress, and and you have the OnlyFans account. People like you because you're beautiful, obviously, and because you're very cool too. I mean, we've been talking for 15 minutes now, and I got a sense you're a really cool chick. But I want to ask you, how hard is it to maintain your looks and stay in the form that you're in, like just to stay as impeccable as you are? How hard is it to maintain what you got so you can continue making a living? Oh, wow. It can be very tricky. I mean, I I won't lie. Like, I reckon that a lot of my investments into my own beauty and skincare routine um, obviously made a huge difference even up until this day. So being persistent with that is is one thing. Of course, I won't lie. Every time I go to the to the clinic or to the beautician, I'm, I'm very happy to be there. So it's not really it's not really a commitment I have to be um, hesitant about. <laughs> so you know, I love doing that. Um, the gym, yeah, that's another thing because you know I, I found in a way that behind the scenes, my team and I were working that little bit more. That little bit more, I should say, because there were so many things going on, you really had to pay attention to 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 your work as well as the outside world so it was like we were putting that a little bit more time or effort to make sure things were being consistent so I found I was more exhausted this year so having that little bit of more energy to go to the gym may have been a challenge here here and there but yeah I won't lie like obviously there are times when you don't want to you know work out because you're too lazy or you you just can't be bothered. So I've had those moments as well. And um, I guess it's all about knowing you and why you're here. You know what I mean? Some people don't have much of a purpose or they can't find it, I should say. So, I mean, I know my purpose. I know what what I'm here for. I know what I'm doing. Uh, I know what I want to achieve. So I guess knowing all of that keeps my um, passion going. Now, this passion kind of became apparent a little bit later on in life. Uh, you started when you were, what, 20, 21 years old and modeling, right? Yeah, 21. I was, yeah, 21 going on 22. So, yeah. You're kind of a late bloomer when it comes to the modeling thing. Don't they start a little bit younger than that? Like, what Like what made it um, like, like happen so late in life? Like, like, why didn't you do it earlier? Or, like, what happened to kind of, like, light that spark inside you to do this? I think I always wanted to do it when I was, you know, since I was 16, 17. Um, But it didn't really happen. I didn't really have 
the, I suppose, the direct guidance to do so. But there were other reasons as well. You know, I felt that I went, you know, I got involved with the wrong crowd. Um, not that I did anything specifically bad, but, you know, I didn't really get involved with the right people who perhaps were themselves um, bright enough to look for a really good future. And then, you know, I got into a very bad um, relationship up until I was 21 and that was um that went out on for about a year and you know it was I got involved in in domestic violence um and it was not a very good time obviously but the way I came out of that experience was quite phenomenal actually and I learned a lot from that and um I was very you know yeah, it was a very dark time, but I came out and I wanted to do better. And that was the main thing. And obviously, you know, looking back, it it made a huge difference because I am where I am today um, for many reasons, of course. But um, I came out of that dark time to do better and to want to want better. And, and therefore I did. I recently made a post about it, actually, on social media about it's not, you know, how it's we shouldn't let our history dictate us and and let us you know believe in certain things and we should be able to move forward and and believe in better things and I guess that's just what I did so I'm very happy about that. Now it's very interesting that you brought up the domestic violence because I did see that um, I was checking out your social media and things like that and other interviews that that you've done and you've been very open about that and I would like for you to kind of get into that a little bit more here because our audience that we have here, Voices of Misery, we get a a very large uh, contingent of of females that listen to the show and a lot of them I'm I'm assuming would have a hard time being open about this and a lot of women they, they keep it to themselves when they have something domestic violence or anything like that happen to them so if you kind of elaborate, like, what happened when you saw the signs of, of this beginning? Like, were there any triggers or any kind of warnings before when you were with the partner that you were with? Anything like that? Oh, most definitely. Um, like, there were little signs. And it was just, like, the way they spoke to me, they were, the way they addressed problems, the way they would organize, organize, but not, sorry, but the way they would start an argument, I should say, Um and I guess just their general behavior now that I look back, and I didn't really acknowledge that to be domestic violence, but rather him just being angry. But here's the thing, like being angry for non-practical reasons or for no really good reason is um, a sign of domestic violence. And again, like I was really young, um, you know, I, I think 21 was still very young for me, to be honest, and I, I, I didn't know better, at least not at that point. And things just went too, got too far and I didn't do anything about it. And the sad part is sometimes you're with someone and you still love them or you still have feelings for them. So therefore you try to stay there to see if things get better. But I I do remember slowly that I started believing like, hold on, I don't think this is going to get better, you know, at least not from what I see. So for me, there were a number of reasons as to why I didn't get out when I did, but then there were also a number of, of things that I started noticing. And I was, you know, I, again, it was a very dark time. And sometimes even in those situations, it kind of blinds an individual from seeing the truth or knowing what 
to exactly do because it's kind of hard to, to, to leave someone sometimes. And mm-hmm. I don't want to say I didn't want to leave them, but I guess I didn't know what to do. That's probably the best answer I have. I didn't know what I was doing or what I should do, what was going to be the best decision. And, yeah, I remember there was – you know, there were, it was a very bad night one night and there, someone did actually, like I'm assuming a neighbor, did call the police um, and, yeah, the police showed up and things happened so quickly. But they, they, it happened from there and I remember seeing, um, you know, I remember me going back to the police station, um, putting in the statement, but I also remember the these two women from a domestic violence crisis group for women showing up um, at the police station. It would have been like late, like maybe even 9 p.m. or 9.30, and they showed up and we would, you know, they were talking about, well, what had happened, but it just about what domestic violence in general. So it was it was kind of like I had a counselling therapy session at once um, without making that sound funny, sorry, but... It was like, you know, it was like I got the help or the justice that I deserved that 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 same day, and it was really, it was really good to see that support. Um, and I'm not saying that this wouldn't happen elsewhere, but in Australia where I was, that that's exactly what happened. So perhaps you know there was, um, perhaps there was, you know a positive change coming. But, yeah, one of the positive things that happened to me was that I got the help that I actually needed. And, um, you know, I do hope this happens um, in most places around the world because, like I said, if I didn't have the police or have the support people advising me on what I can or what I should do, then, you know, maybe I wouldn't be in a a good place right now um, to this very day. But, yeah, it was very, it was a very intense time and it just wasn't, again, I guess I didn't really know what to do, but I got the help that I deserved that helped me re- make the right decisions. Well, that's incredible. And a lot of people don't even understand this about domestic violence. It doesn't have to necessarily be physical. It can be mental as well. Um, to what extent was the situation that you were in, like, was it more mental or was it physical? I mean, it was more mental than physical, um, but there were those physical times. And it was just, like I said, it was a very dark time. And you're right, some people think that it has to be physical in order to be domestic violence, and that's entirely not true. Because even, you know, the people don't realize sometimes just how much mental abuse can actually hurt or even destroy mm-hmm. a person's life. Um, and yeah, they don't realize it until perhaps it happens to them or someone that they know and they realize, oh, wow, look at what, you know, words of abuse can actually do to someone. And usually, usually, at least from my experience and from my understanding from other stories, it includes threats or manipulation or just making someone making someone feel so bad that they can't really do anything. And that's that's definitely not a good sign. I mean, if you just sum it up in simple words and say for example just imagine a person going around and making every single person 
in their workplace or on the street feel so bad that that these other people can't do anything like what kind of a story is that and that's and that's what domestic violence is from the mental side of things but the thing is you live that in that other individual who's being affected lives with them so you know they're kind of physically entrapped in that that environment which is very bad that's that, that's terrible because I mean I would almost rather be, be be hit than someone actually going into your head and putting these thoughts and ideas in there because I mean those things will probably haunt you to this day I mean there's got to be some sort of um, PTSD almost when it comes to domestic violence have you been able to move on is there anyone else in your life now is there maybe some kind of apprehension when you go to meet someone like hey no no thanks I don't want anything to do with this because of my last experience. Well, it's funny you say that. Um, I mean, looking back now, it's, you know, I've moved on. I won't say I've fully forgotten the whole thing, but I have moved on. And it was more difficult in the first three to four years um, than it has been in the last two years, I should say. Because it's almost been six, it's it's probably been five and a half years since, you know, it ended. And for everyone, it's a different journey, but I have moved on. I have gone through the therapy and, and the, the steps that I needed to move on and become a better person. And, you know, life is a constantly changing experience. And that's what people don't realize, actually, whether you've been through domestic violence or not. You don't have to remain the same person. You don't have to remain believing in the same things. If anything, you want to be a confident person and you want to be more positive than rather negative in all um, in all due respect. You, you definitely want to be um, going in that way. And um, that's something I learned in the last year, actually, um, just from life in general. And I reckon, yeah, again, I reckon the last year specifically has been more of an empowerment year than the rest of the years. I mean, I have to say all the years have been about empowerment and moving forward. But, yeah, I think as you move on, you start to realise more and more. But I think that's also life in general. And you do sometimes – you do hear sometimes that people go through a bad situation and they don't exactly um, – you know, learn a lot from it, or they don't exactly move on from it as as much as they could or they should. So I think for people who've just come out of bad situations, like definitely get the help that you deserve and definitely realize that you can and you deserve to have a better life. It's not about, you know, having and, you know, having a bad life after you've come out of a bad experience. It's definitely about moving on and being more positive. It sounds like you, you really took this in stride and you, you use it to motivate yourself to become a person you are today. But I know we're, um, we're, 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 we're getting to that point here now. But I, so I do want to ask you about the, the Alliance, um, the film that, that, that you're in here. Um, what, what was that experience like? Because I did read the description of, of, of the movie and it sounds really cool. What was your part in that? Um, I have to say, I still wish that I could have spent more time on set getting to know everybody. But um, I was, yeah, I was a supporting role. And um, because of my tour situation or my travel situation, I was literally only on set for one day. Um, 
nevertheless, I really enjoyed working with the people on set. It was amazing to meet everybody and get to know how it was like, um, you know, filming on a professional set and acting on a professional set because that would probably been one of my first ever. So it was definitely um, a learning experience. I definitely felt a little bit confident, maybe not as confident as I would be right now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it was great. And everybody was really nice and friendly, of course, in saying that they knew um, that it was, you know, technically one of my first and therefore I I think it, it was a good I think it was a very um good experience for me um everyone had an understanding of where I was at anyway um and that I was already only in town for a very short time so um yeah I mean I wish I could say more but I have to um I will say this you know next time I'm I'm you know doing a film um, overseas or even locally, I hope to be more um, more involved. And um, there was a local project I did almost a year ago now, and um, they had me on as a main character for a miniseries in Australia, and that went on for three days, and I really got to experience more from that and see what, what happens on set, and I got to know people on that set a little bit more. Um, in fact, this this um my co-star so one of the 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 main character of the story the actual main character um he was actually my teacher in last semester's units um in drama school so that was really (laughs) funny (laughs) so yeah exactly so um yeah I do hope for the for the future um or I I know this for sure that next time I'll you know, I'll be on set for a longer period of time. But, yeah, being on the set for the Alliance was definitely a very good learning experience. The movie sounds awesome. I mean, like, I just read the description briefly, and I was like, holy shit, I got to see this. (laughs) So I definitely got to check that out. But if you had a magic wand, right, and you were granted one wish, would you rather be the biggest model in the world or would you rather be the biggest top actress in the world? I actually have an answer for that, and to be honest, I don't even really know why. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I guess sometimes inside we feel things and we want things, but then again, going back to what I was saying earlier, you know, you don't have because people's feelings and people's goals even can change over time, and it's not to say that we're decisive. Is that it's just that, for example. At one point in the year, you are, like, for example, one year you can feel this way and the following year you can feel another way. So it really depends on, um, yeah, it really, like, it. time changes people, I have to say. But moving forward, like, I have to say that if I, if I had to choose between the two and I couldn't have both, I would rather be the 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 most famous actress in the world. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Okay. What's next for you? Like, what what do you see yourself doing in the next five years? Ideally, like, what are you going to be doing? Are you going to be doing more movies, more modeling, or where do you see yourself? Because I know you were talking about like a fashion product line as well. So, if you want to tell us a little bit more about that, that'd be kind of cool. Um, 
I definitely hope to be more involved in both the modeling and acting world. Like I want to do a lot of different projects. I, I do want to do my own fashion line one day. I've had a few different ideas, like whether it was a beauty line or even a clothing line or even do something for a limited time, like how a lot of celebrities do their own perfumes as such. Mm-hmm. So I've had a few different ideas, I have to say. Um, I definitely I definitely want to work on a number of projects. So at the moment I'm doing my own reality web series and I hope that goes further because I know it's always been a dream of mine to basically like have my own show of some sort. So that would be really interesting. Um, it may be a bit competitive because from my understanding, there's a lot of people trying to do their own show or do their own reality show. So that will be, I, I'm, I'm sure that something could still happen without being um, overwhelmed. But yes, I do have a lot of ambitions for the future. Well, I'll tell you what, I think you've got a very bright future ahead of you. And the sky's the limit, Jasmine. I, I really think you're, you're a very cool person. Very beautiful young lady. And, uh, yeah, you can pretty much do whatever you want in life. I mean, you've, you've got all the opportunities in the world ahead of you. So I, I really do wish you the best. And to be honest with you, this is a bucket list moment for me. I mean, when I was a little kid, I never thought in a million years I'd be talking to someone who graced the cover of Playboy magazine. So this is great. I could die right now. Oh, wow. Well, thank you. I'm honored. <laughs> All right, so just let us know where, where we could find you and things like that, because I do appreciate the time that you were able to give me today. And, uh, yeah, this is this has been really cool, Jasmine. Awesome. So um, people can find me on, on several platforms. So for Facebook and Instagram, it's Jasmine Shojai Model. Um, for Twitter, it's Jasmine underscore Shojai. Now, for people who really want to see my reality web series, it's exclusive to the Daily Motion. Um, so if people head over there, all they have to do is search Jasmine Shojai TV. And for the meantime, for those who are interested in my subscription site and seeing um, exclusive content, um, they can head over to my OnlyFans, which is Jasmine underscore Shojai as well. Now, do they bill discreetly? Because my wife would kill me if she saw the credit card charge. <laughs> um, as far as I know, it's billed like um, it, basically you have to put your card to subscribe. So it would I, I'd imagine it would still show on your uh, on your billing. Or, or on your couch. Oh, shit. I'm sleeping on the couch tonight, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jasmine. I want everyone to check out all, all your links. They're going to be in the description of the podcast. Jasmine, it has been an honor to have you on the show. I wish we had more time. I feel like we're just sitting our stride here. I mean, I feel like we could talk for three, four hours. It'd be great. Oh, definitely. Definitely next time. Um, I, there's always new projects with me, and I feel that things are just going to get better from here. Um, behind the scenes, Without revealing too much, um, my team and I are working on a number of things. So um, I'm pretty sure, you know, six months or even three months from now, I'll have um, more news to tell. Well, well, you have to come on. As soon as you got something you want to talk about, please come back on the show and we will uh, make sure it happens, Jasmine. I really appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, you have a, a lovely accent. I, I think I said that before we started the show. Very, very lovely voice. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Jasmine. It's been another episode of the Voice Misery Podcast. You have a great day. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you.